Hey everybody, John Carter here with New Vine Records. We're excited to invite you to our annual music festival, Off the Vine, on September 17th at the Treeman State Park in Ithaca, New York. We'll be hosting 13 bands like Leo and the Maydays, Secret Servicemen, Kite String, Meta Sequoia, Ilium Works, Rev Ezra, and we'll close the evening with the Gun Poets. We'd love you to come out and enjoy the music with sound provided by Sound on Sound. Enjoy vendors like Lucky Hair Brewing and South Hill Cider, and of course, take in the beautiful Ithacan scenery. Be sure and go to get your tickets at newvinerecords.com today. By the way, New Vine Records is a not-for-profit music company, building community through the practice of supporting, engaging with, and creating new music with local talent. If you haven't checked us out, please visit us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, and subscribe to this podcast, as well as discover new artist releases, concert announcements, and more. Another way to support New Vine Records is by visiting newvinerecords.com and simply clicking on the donate button. Every dollar donated will go to artists, their projects, and events. Thanks for listening and enjoy the podcast. And uh, welcome to the third episode of Now We Call It From the Vine podcast uh, with New Vine Records and association with Fish, or Who is Fish? Uh, I'm John Carter, along with Fish, and we're interviewing Rachel Beverly today. And our guest today is a force to be reckoned with. Uh, her songwriting is catchy, authentic, and from the heart. Um, she has about 50 shows from now till September, which is crazy. 50. This is like her carving it back even from <laughs> yeah. what i understand you know which is pretty nuts uh please welcome rachel beverly to the show everybody thank you thank hey. you guys for asking me on here i'm super excited yeah i am uh stoked to talk we yeah. we are excited to have you um in fact we we just we're doing a may takeover at a it's like a residency at a place called the range and we just did a show last friday and it blew the doors off mm -hmm. there's a, a lot, lot of fun. people and it was a lot of fun so yeah. You, you did great. I had all my shows last weekend were local shows, and it it was just the type of weekend where it just really reminds you, like, yes, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I yeah. love connecting with people. I love I love singing. I love um, bringing people joy. So yeah, we especially had a good in time. my hometown. So yeah, you get off the stage, we partied a little. It was, mm -hmm. it was fun. It was nice. Yeah, I was uh, hurt maybe a little bit Sunday morning, but it was worth it. <laughs> Too few, many doubles. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, the um. What was it? Moscow Mules with tequila. Oh boy, those will get you every time. <laughs> oh, those are fun. Yeah. I remember those days. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, let's get to it. You know, you had a couple questions. Yeah. Start off. Uh, yeah. So, let's just start right off with it. Uh, we've been asking artists what their relationship is with music. And I think that's a really good place to to jump off from. So, yeah. take it away. What What is your relationship to music? Oh, a lot of things is my relationship with music. I would say first and foremost, my relationship with music is um, more often than not therapy. Um, I talk a lot about this with my therapist and it's just, especially writing and performing too out live is just a way for me to escape a lot of things. Um, even when I'm at my shows and they're busy like they were at the range, when mm -hmm. I close my eyes, everybody kind of disappears and sometimes when i'm open up again i realize that wow i'm in a room full of people and not just by myself singing you know it's just it's a way to be heard you know i um sometimes i realized you know i was looking for someone to listen to me or what my true values were and um music was a way to do that and 
I found like even if nobody really was listening, you know, at least I was telling my story and I I was getting my feelings out there. So I mm. would say first and foremost, my relationship with the music is a way for me to be therapeutic. Um, and then it just turned into something I love. I love music. You know, I love watching people. The reason I learned how to play guitar was because I, I loved watching people play guitar. You know, I love watching people sing um, mm -hmm. and just their different takes on it. So it's cathartic for it's you. It's very cathartic for yeah. me. Yeah, it's just it's just mm -hmm. a deep sense of of love. Yeah. Oh. And we and we were talking before uh, we started rolling uh, that you were into musicals mm -hmm. and that was kind of a launching point for yeah. you, uh, the sound of music specifically, yeah. and mm -hmm. just like being a part of that production kind of like reinforced mm -hmm. this like oh I should I should go yeah. down this path. I mean, we were talking. It's I'm a I'm a very like. I, I like sports, you know, I'm a very sporty person and they cut my basketball program when I was in 10th grade and coincidentally, you know, basketball was happening at the same time the musical was happening. So as you got farther into basketball, I was like, oh, you can really only dedicate your time to one thing or the other, mm -hmm. um, which kind of forced me to be like, okay, I'm really going to go all into the musicals. Um, I did that and I was Maria on the Sound of Musical my last year in high school. And I really enjoyed it. And I told myself, when I graduate high school, I'm going to buy my first guitar. It was a Takamine Jasmine, I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. um, I Googled how to play the E minor chord, how to play the uh, G, how to play the C. Mm -hmm. Takamini or yeah, Takamine? I, th I don't know. Potato, potato. Yeah. Uh. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I wouldn't know either. <laughs> that was like one of my first guitars too. Yeah, they're solid I, guitars. I had, a, uh, I had one and I loved it. And uh, the tone on it was like sweet in the mid-range. And yeah. um, I, I hate to tell this story because Hannah, my daughter, will kill me. But uh, she, she was playing with it without me knowing about it one day. And she just put it against the wall. No. And it just fell. And it mm. broke right at the headstock. It mm. snapped it. And it's indelible. It's just etched in our yeah. family history <laughs> so don't bring up a takamini guitar okay, to her she doesn't uh <laughs> oh no it, it throws her back oh, no. <laughs> it's a sad a sad day it was a sad day yeah i like that guitar i so. uh ended up giving that guitar away to a young uh female musician who mm -hmm. is about 12 years old and that's another thing that i really like about playing out live is in um just the relationship that people have with music that you really don't know about like it's just it's just everywhere. Like and mm -hmm. I love singing to little like little kids too because they're just so innocent and excited about it, and they're just free mm -hmm. to express themselves with no judgment. I've only known like one person that doesn't like music. Admitted it. Yeah. It was a math teacher in high school, and uh, and I just couldn't believe it. I was just like, really? I mean, it's interesting, right? With babies, like right. you, you can play something and they start. You right. start dancing, like everybody loves music. Yeah, so. or it's just this like profound look of like, wow, I'm experiencing for the first time. Mm -hmm. And to be on the other side of that end, because I was that kid that was on that side of being like, wow, I'm experiencing for the, this for the first time. And right. to be on, mm -hmm. you know, the giving end, it's just a powerful experience. And I, I love experiencing that over and over again. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, it sounds amazing. Thank you. Um, there, it's, it's funny you bring up the, the, you know, we assume that everybody wouldn't, enjoy music but it's it's not always the case i i have met a select number of people that like mm -hmm. music's actually like it bothers them hmm. and they can't go to like live shows because they just it just doesn't resonate <laughs> it's a wild phenomenon it's a phenomenon me. for yeah. sure because it's a small minority of people yeah. but 
they uh, they are out there. So yeah, I, I sympathize. Like, I sympathize with them if they they can't appreciate the music. Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. I wonder. It's like a genetic thing. What's the stuff that you eat uh, in in a in Mexican food? It's a it, it tastes like soap for some people and oh. other people. I haven't heard of that. Oh yeah, it's like a, it's a herb. No, I, I can't remember the like name. It. Yeah, no, wow, it's interesting. It's genetic, you know, and it's like every time I they put yeah. it in there, I was like. Ugh. We're just humans are complex yeah. people. Yeah. Um, and then like, to go back to, to music and why you do it, right? It's like, because music, I, it touches on those complex emotions mm-hmm. that you can't really put into into words. And so you're you're essentially a, uh, I don't know what would the word be, but you're like a, a vessel for other people yeah. to have their um, emotions like expressed and to, mm-hmm. you know you're you're helping you're helping yeah. helping people express things maybe they couldn't otherwise so you're awesome thank yeah. you basically <laughs> yeah, it's what are. i'm trying to say thank you oh and she's really good at that yeah. and um, I, I, I just yeah, i feel ahead, like i am a very empathetic person mm. um sometimes it bites me in the butt how empathetic i am mm. but um it's just i i love relatable I love being able to relate to people and I feel like a lot of the time music can do that. So well, that, that kind of leads into another thing we've been talking yeah. about, which is value and, you know, maybe mm-hmm. like perhaps being a bit too empathetic mm-hmm. can, you said, bite you in the butt. Yeah. And that, that can happen with yeah. a lot. Of, it happens with a lot, a lot of people, not just musicians. Um, but as a musician, right, how do you build, how do you build value for yourself? This is kind of the running mm-hmm. yeah. theme that we've had. So I, I pose the question to both of you, right? Yeah, like, it's let's, so, let's you get know, into to further it. explain, uh, it's a, you know, I've heard somebody say this and actually, uh, it is, it's a person I respect from the band project 86 was, it, uh, he, he talks about, and I interviewed him once and it's like, what is it about music that's most important to you? The mm-hmm. question was, and it said to build value. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was a very businessy kind of response, I thought, you know, and I get that. Um, but he's also been living on it for right. most of his life. So I can understand his response, but it's hard to do. It's hard to do. There's so many people doing this. So how do you build value? I guess first you ask yourself what the measure and what do you value inside yourself? Um, and are you measuring value as success? Um, because mm. if that, then it comes to a whole different meaning. But well, what is success? Right. That's different. Exactly. That's going to look different for different people. Exactly. Too. Mm-hmm. And I mean, value looks different for other. I mean, mm-hmm. for a musician, like valuing might be playing in the room every night and, you know, learning, uh, learning songs and writing and never having those songs. You know, I, John and I were talking about the Lake Poets a couple, a couple weeks ago, you know, and never having your music heard, but just having it for yourself. Like mm. that might be enough for somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, I keep trying to convince myself of that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think the problem. <laughs> That's a good point. It's a great point. Yeah. I think a lot of this, you talk about the human condition when you talk about value. And I think it's something that it's always going to change. My value from last summer is different from this summer. You know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, ju- I don't, I don't think that I can answer that question today and it have be the same in six months from now. Um, and that's, I think the beauty of music too is because like, I'm going to look back on, I mean, I look back on the song that we did, the first song that we did at The Reckoning, and mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, like, I have completely changed as a singer and as a human being. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I say for the value of me is, is just being happy and, and content in what I'm doing and knowing that, like, I'm doing the best that I can and yeah. I'm, I'm having the time of my life doing it. And, you know, it might not, I might not be on the billboard charts or selling stout stadiums or or doing this, but, um, Hmm. I'm happy and I'm 
I know that when I lay my head down at the night that I'm doing a great job and that I, myself, a sense of worth is, is there. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really important. I would go to the um, mm. what happened with Taylor Taylor Hawkins, you know, and, and other rock stars, you know, Chris Cornell yeah. and these guys yeah. who you'd look at them and you'd say, like, man, these guys are like, they're so valuable. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the music they put out and the I've heard the, people can uh, like say the phrase, they're a national treasure or yeah. right, you know, right. something like that. Yeah. And and the draw that they get, right? Just like man, they they these guys are valuable, right? But mm-hmm. but. Unfortunately, it would appear that they did not see that within themselves. Yeah, I mean, good point, right? And that, and and so, yeah, better to try to get that right before you Ooh. get ginormous right. and and start drawing thousands of people, <laughs> right? right? You have a I little mean, segment on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> fishes, a, you know, what value is? Yeah. <laughs> love yourself, That's, and you'll create value. I mean, oh, one man. of my. It's true. It's true. true. One of my favorite artists. His name is Sean Mendez, and mm. I, I like him because how honest and open he is. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that he recently just said on, on on Twitter and like Instagram was, is that like I'm having a really hard time, and I'm having a hard time telling myself that I'm doing enough. And I'm mm-hmm. like, here's mm-hmm. this guy that is like selling out stadiums that is like something that like mm. maybe I want to be doing, you know? And I'm just telling myself, well, if Shawn Mendes is feeling this way, like there is, it's okay that I'm feeling this way. And that's what I mean. Mm-hmm. It is the human condition. Mm-hmm. Like, and yeah. we have put um, celebrities and artists on such a pedestal and turn them into mm-hmm. our own ver- version of a superhero because everybody needs a superhero, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I have a buddy here, uh, you know, Tyler, mm-hmm. he produced on the last track with us yeah. uh, that we're making right now. And Tyler's been kind of the, uh, moral compass, so to speak, yeah. in this issue. Um, several times we've had questions. Are we valuable enough? Right. Are we marketing artists enough? Are we, where's where's the revenue coming from you know and and that kind of thing and the thing that's beautiful about a not-for-profit uh collective of artists is that we're not focusing as much on just that marketing piece but actually turning inward and finding value in ourselves as artists and i think that's a huge part of artist development Mm -hmm. and i think you really can't get to the dna of an artist unless you home in on that and many times we've gone down that road and tyler's always the one that's like hey guys remember we're doing this because we like doing it, <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. because everybody else likes right. it, and trust me, that'll that'll right. come because that genuine love for what you do, I think, is infectious. Exactly to yeah. people. Yeah, people will respond based on you know what you're bringing to your craft, right? So if you're, authenticity, yeah, the authenticity, and if they see you're having an awesome time up yeah. there, and like you're bearing your soul, or you're just like you're doing your thing, like mm-hmm. it's gonna it's gonna. Uh, it's infectious. It's you infectious. Can, you can feel yeah. it in a room when somebody's trying too hard. Yeah, yeah. You walk in and they're, you know, they're really self-aware. Yeah. The comedians really happening. can bomb shows that way. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> really? And it's like awkward for everybody. Yeah. Like, I need to go to the bathroom. It's like, <laughs> anyway. Oh, do you really have to go? No, I was just saying that's what I would say. Oh. Well. <laughs> Generally, because I'm one of those people that watches movies where uh, there's embarrassing things that happen, and I'm like, I can't, I can't. Oh, like watch. awkward moments. Yeah, I can't. Like cringe-worthy things. Oh yeah, you can't handle oh, the that. Cringe. And there's some, there's literally like genres of comedy that center around that. Like yeah. Larry David does that a lot. Oh yeah, curb your enthusiasm is like yeah. built off of that. And I get amazing. so uncomfortable <laughs> during those episodes. Yeah. Man. Anyway, but I mean, it's, it's you just got it's 
that's why that show is so successful because it went down to the nitty grittiness yeah. of yeah. human beings and it's just like okay like this is happening all the time i i mm-hmm. like Every day when I go to work and I work in like a retail job where I see person after person and like it happens all the time. Oh, true. I mean, the whole premise of the show is him trying to convince himself that he's a good guy. Yeah. And he wants everybody to know it. (laughs) And he's always arguing the point with everybody. Everybody. So do we want to go into like personal awkward moments at shows? Like was there... Was, was there, there a moment one? where like you were playing to like five people and you're just like, oh man, like I need to get through this show. Like, mm. Believe it or not, sometimes when you're playing to five people, I, have, I found out that like those are sometimes the best shows, mm. Um, mm-hmm. especially in like a yeah. listening room type of thing. Um, I feel like I have an awkward moment pretty much daily, especially like I work at the Ithaca Bakery. Yeah. So I feel like... Um, oh, that place is built for awkward moments. Yeah, I mean, and I just... I, I honestly, part of the I'm company kind of ethos. Like, I'm kind, I kind of like draw almost to it. like, And I like yeah. calling myself out, out on it because I like vulnerability, you know, and I think people can relate to that. It honestly, mm. it's just like a full circle back to That's it. That's true. Actually, uh, Leo from Leo and the Maydays, um, she's intentionally awkward... Yeah. Not because she she says it's just what I am, so I'm gonna play hard on that. Yeah. And she's good at being awkward. So I mean, yeah. hone into your the whole time right? I'm standing there though, kind of feeling awkward yeah. while she's being awkward. Yeah. Anyway. That's good. Play cool. to your play to your strengths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and back to like the value thing. It's like this is something actually I, I saw a little Instagram video mm-hmm. yesterday and the message was um, do not do things that are going to make yourself weak. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you could kind of interpret that in a lot of ways, but I think as an, as an artist, it's tied into the value thing. So, you know, I mean, again, you, you've got like 50 shows yeah. coming up for in the next few months. It's fantastic. And it's like, how do you, well, I'm, I'm just curious, actually, mm-hmm. how did, how did you set up those shows? What was the, what was like the strategy for, getting those shows? Um, Most of them are connections that I've built throughout the six or seven years that I've been playing out live. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the winter time is a really big time off for me. So I spend a lot of it, um, you know, just selling myself, um, Mm -hmm. emailing people, um, giving out business cards. Um, Sometimes if I'm driving up like Route 89 where there's wineries and breweries, I'll pop in and be like, hey, do you guys have live music? Here's my card. Um, Mm -hmm. um, It's... It's a lot of, of word of mouth, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and a lot of repetition. But um, I will say in the off months, uh, something that I'm doing different t- this time is like taking care of my body, mm-hmm. um, which is like working out mm-hmm. and making sure that... Um, I don't want to hear about this. I'm physically fit to be able to perform yeah. four hours at a time. Well, that's See, that's true. super important. And mm-hmm. it's, it's something you talk about, like not doing things that are going to make yourself weak because you have to be able to right. perform at your highest yeah. level at mm-hmm. all those shows. Right. Yep. I mean, I like mm-hmm. the worst part of my show, I will say is the breakdown part where you're breaking down and then taking stuff out to your car. And sometimes I'm two hours away from home alone and it's 12 mm-hmm. o'clock at night, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm by myself breaking down, you know, mm-hmm. this is not the time to be like, I can't have a couple of drinks in and, and be like, okay, now I have to drive home. You know, it's uh, mm-hmm. like, yeah, you, s- and then again, it's, it's like we talk about those choices. Yeah. Those choices, yeah. I, I love that we're talking about this because, um, you know, for any of you who are new uh, to the podcast, we focus on regional artistry, mm-hmm. a lot of new and upcoming 
artists that haven't like made it big, you know, and I, I love the insight on that stuff because um, a lot of people have a glorified understanding of right. what it means to be in the music biz. And mm -hmm. I do consider what you're doing to be strongly in the music business. And it's a lot of moments like that. Yeah. Making good decisions, uh, really being disciplined in right. that stuff. And, and now you're talking about your body, which is yeah. kind I mean, of a key thing. I hurt my shoulder last summer, which is a lot of the reason why I was kind of like, oh, I'm really wore out. Like I, <clears throat> I tore, it's called a super spinatus mm. and I had to get physical therapy done. And, um, I am stronger, like I'm almost probably 110% back to where I was even more so, but that didn't come without like right. taking time off. And like, I, I got to the point where I would, I couldn't even get through like one show a weekend without, and then an hour in without it starting to flare Traveling up and, and hurting. playing that much, I'm sure it's tough on yeah. your body. Yeah. So uh, it was just That's like, true for you, right? Yeah, I, I got hey, the drummer. Move He's a drummer. Drums around all goddamn yeah. time. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a, it's well, you're also taxing. totally physically moving all the time. I mean, yeah. that, it's quite the workout. There are times after shows where it's usually select shows, and mm -hmm. depending on what I ate before mm -hmm. I went on stage. Yeah, but after the show, I will go to wherever if we have a green room or just a, a space behind the stage for festivals, mm -hmm. and I just need to like be alone yeah. and breathe for 10 minutes yeah like after disassociate like to rejuvenate yeah. yep and regather. i just need to regather yeah decompress mm -hmm. from that center yourself yeah exactly yeah. do some yoga or something yeah. Mm -hmm. um yeah man it's 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 a crazy it's a crazy thing but i i, I think it's a good message to pass on to mm -hmm. other musicians mm -hmm. and even even the guy even the pros i'm sure you know there there's struggles with that where it's like yeah. you've got all this attention and friends or you know you want to hang yeah. out have a good time it's like but those mm. those choices right well, those that's, decisions you're that's making like on saturday yeah. night when we played at the range i let a lot a of people were there and i yeah. i let loose a little bit and when i woke yeah. up on sunday had to play at a winery i was like oh boy here we go <laughs> yeah. you know and <laughs> yeah. i still really much yeah. enjoyed myself but was i hurting through the show a little bit yeah sure yeah. sure it's tough i'm social I yeah. enjoy hanging with people and having a good but time. But I think that yeah. there's, this is something that we always talk about. Mm -hmm. I think that there is a fine line in between keeping it professional and then also, yep, you know, having too much fun. I was just uh, talking with uh, Emma, who was on our last podcast. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, today, actually, she came by and did with some from things. From Spazar, yeah. From Spazar. And Emma uh, literally was talking about how for years uh, they'd get together and practice and get blasted. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, they started making decisions to not do that. Yeah. And they all of a sudden got kind of creative. And, and she said that. She said, uh, you know, I wanted to be professional. Yeah. I wanted to be a serious career musician. And I, I think the alcohol abuse and um, social situations mm -hmm. can easily bring us all into those spaces and oh yeah um and you just you just don't want to in it again the embarrassment thing in a public place do some stupid things say mm -hmm. something yeah. dumb. i hear crazy stories all the time <laughs> uh and it's uh yeah kind of steer clear good so, decisions i think it's a good time to play one of your songs oh, yeah. rachel okay. uh so i wrote down three songs that i felt would be great to okay. feature um, if you hate one of them, too bad. You wrote it, so you're gonna have to live with it. Well, I love these songs. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, yeah. I love them too. Awesome, awesome. So the first one we have is "Let's Fall," and I was listening through to this last night. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful song. It is. Thank you. So let's. Uh, it's probably yeah. my favorite of oh. Rachel's. Well, let's let's play it, and then we'll return. <laughs> Thank you. 
Let's fall apart into each other's arms. I might just ramble on. I've had too much to drink. So many people here, too much company. Too much company. I look across the room, you're looking fine as hell. I'm just so nervous, dear. You got me under your spell. Under your spell, yeah. So let's, let's fall in love. Let's fall apart. Into each other's arms Watch my life unfold All my stories hold From another perspective Give me some kind of direction, babe The moving truck won't fit all of our shit in it We fight so much sometimes I think that this is it Maybe this is it You catch me off my guard Surprise me every day With everything you do I can't just walk away how can I walk away? So let's Let's fall in love Let's fall apart Into each other's arms Watch my all my stories over from another perspective Give me some kind of direction, babe I saw you looking at me once It's all that I need I'll keep you on repeat till it happens I thought after some time This thing between us would die Maybe a little night, but it happens, it's gonna happen, so let's, let's fall in love, let's fall apart into each other's arms, why? Another perspective Give me some kind of direction, babe
Oh boy. Wow. So I heard her perform that live at a from the vine, mm-hmm. uh, live, uh, internet stream that we did with her our first time. And I was weeping. Mm. I gotta be honest. That song gets me. Do you see what you did? Yeah. yeah I'm already feeling, I just, I feel it. There's something unique about that recording. That it you. was done very well. And, uh, yeah, you, you sound great. Thank I you. would love to hear that with a full like sixty piece orchestra. Oh yeah, mm. that would oh, be huge. My it God, huge. like team up with uh, like yeah. C Mac Orchestra Ooh. or that'd be nice. some, like Rochester Philharmonic or mm-hmm. something, or even here there's a, a an orchestra like a chamber orchestra. Like mm-hmm. oh my God, can you imagine? It'd be amazing. Like you, See? this is this is huge. <laughs> this is ideas. Yes, sparking up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rachel Beverly with the whichever orchestra yeah. in this area mm-hmm. one night only boom that'd be great there you go that would be ins- i could play rose which is another we could do it uh, at the homer center of the arts yeah we were, we were literally just talking about that yeah, yeah. i'd yeah. pay for i'd pay to see that absolutely uh, i would too yeah i'll probably be recording it <laughs> <laughs> there's people right now like oh yeah. my god when is the show when is it happening <laughs> oh i know i know, I know uh, one person who's definitely if they're gonna be listening to this gonna be like yeah that should happen yeah <laughs> yeah well, and, and it's one of those songs. Um, this is a sign of a good song. Uh, I've heard that before, mm-hmm. um, but it's not a song. And uh, it definitely taps deep yeah. into the human psyche about just falling in love. And It's funny. When I yeah. I wrote that song right before quarantine, like January 2020, maybe beginning of February 2020, and uh, I remember coming out to my partner and being like, I am writing this song and I was like, I don't know if it's good or not. Um, it's something very different for me. Um, mm-hmm. at that point I only had the first verse done and I hadn't written the chorus chorus yet. And, um, I started singing it and they were like, Oh yeah. They're like, please, this, this is really good. Please keep going. And I, I, I finished it. And mm. it's one of those songs that I don't sing out, uh, live too much cause I don't want to ruin, ruin it for me. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And there's another song that's a cover song that I do, and that's Landslide by Fleetwood Mac. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. That is probably one of my top three favorite songs. And I'll sing it when people request it, but I will not be in like my typical Mm. rotation of songs that I do, only because um, I love it so much and it's very, it holds a special meaning to me. Yeah, there's movies like that for me. Yeah. That I can't just keep access to because I don't want to ruin it. Yeah. That's why I hate TikTok because sometimes I'll find a really good song. And it's just every time you scroll, they're hitting it like 15 times. And it's just like, man, that cheapens the song, you know. That's the next thing, too. Uh, It kind of is a good good lead-in for social media and and stuff like that. So get into the social media stuff. Oh, man. Like, Mm -hmm. this is the Wild West right here. It's crazy. (laughs) I know. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. It's dangerous out there in social media. What do we do do about it? Like, Mm -hmm. because we've already bought in, right? Everybody's Mm -hmm. bought into this. Whether they like it or not. Yeah, society has decided that your value is based on how many followers you have. And uh, Well, Well, that's what I was also going to talk about earlier, is there is a big facade that happens with social media. And it's uh, what... It is what you want it to be, and it is what you want it to look like, mm-hmm. and what people want you to see. Um, mm-hmm. I have a love-hate relationship with social media. Um, well, what do you love about it? I love that I get to connect with people on a different level, you know, and um, I get to see things. Um, I like, you know, when Facebook was first introduced, it was just like 
obviously it was just for campuses, but it was just like, okay, mm -hmm. this is a way to stay connected with people on, right. a, on a, a different medium. Um, we have abused it tremendously. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, but it still rings true. Like there's people that I haven't seen that live on the West coast or down in Florida, or I have family that, you know, lives not in the state. Um, I think that's what's great about it. Um, also I hate as much as I hate to admit it, I love like pop celebrity gossip a little bit. Um, it's your guilty pleasure. It is a little bit my guilty pleasure. Yeah. So yeah. I get to like kind of see like an in on what's happening. But again, it's all put on people mm. put on pedestals. So that's funny. You mentioned the the uh, celebrity gossip. Yeah. There's a show which I I'm not a fan of, but my sister mm -hmm. really wanted me to watch this show with her. It's like Real Housewives of Beverly Hills yeah. or oh, something. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I was like, all right, all right, I'll I'll give it. I'll give it five or 10 minutes yeah. and I'll watch it with you. And yeah, after like five minutes, it's like, I can't, it's I can't me. do it. I yeah. can't do it. I can't commit to this. <laughs> it's funny because I, but she loves it. Can't commit to this. Tom I will Fury. watch 15 minutes of it and like be stuck into it. Like there's a show on <laughs> yeah. Netflix called like too hot to handle or something. I think I saw an episode. Of yeah. That. It is yeah. like very mind numbing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm just like, after I, I don't one mind episode, mindless entertainment. No, I don't either. You know, I think I, sometimes it's yeah. necessary after watching like Euphoria or something. Oh my God, Euphoria so is insane. Yeah. yeah. Oh, geez. I haven't gotten into that yet. I um, have had to. I'm afraid. The music in that show is fantastic. Oh, so, if you ju just take the soundtrack from that show, it's, mm -hmm. it's gold. Yeah. Well, little yeah. plug for Euphoria. Check it out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I find myself plugging a lot of things like yeah. that. But yeah, I mean, that's. Or like I follow a lot of accounts that are like behind the scenes of Euphoria or like behind mm -hmm. the scenes of, of this. And it's just a, it's in like another way of like looking at other things that I really like in, more in depthly, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think there's a lot of room for comparison when it comes to like different artists. And that's a problem that I've had is like what well, this person has way more views on this video than I do. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um how do how do i especially if it's the same song oh, right yeah. and then you're just like wait like i did it way better than that person but they have five million views or, or just right, like why right. how did they how did they get how were they able to get on this spot that's yeah, crushing or, it's crushing you know? when you're yeah. going, I, I i experience that all the time yeah. and, um the comparison thing is a big deal uh i i think a lot of artists yeah. deal with that i i think it's not social media that i hate i think it's um the gateway that they de that demands us to act certain ways to frame our art and ourselves right. in it. Mm. That's the part that bothers me. Um, again, I, I definitely have a vendetta against like a TikTok thing, and yet I I look at it. You know, it's sure. like and reels on Instagram. I, I find myself you know doom scrolling through that stuff. Yeah. And it's enjoyable to some degree, but um, I don't think on our deathbed we're going to remember TikToks that were big, I think we're gonna remember songs and we're gonna remember people. And I just, it's like, to me, it's almost serving as a barrier. Uh, I don't mean to get super negative about it, but it, it's it's kind of creating a barrier between us and and the artists and, and music, consumer and the mm -hmm. artist. And um, sometimes people get through that and they, they can get in there and they can actually yeah. tap into your music. Um, but I don't think it creates real fans. Hmm. Interesting. I. I mean. I. I know that I'm. I'm. I'm one of those voices. But uh, I feel like we need a better way to get control for ourselves in social media. Well, Rachel, how have you? How have you utilized social media, and how have you, like, 
scheduled like do you have a schedule for yeah. how you do it yeah uh, give us some insights into like um, your experience she's very it. disciplined in social media i yeah. would say i could be more disciplined yeah. i can say that mm-hmm. um there's some people who are like monday this is what i'm gonna do and then tuesday um <laughs> during release time release schedule like when i re- was releasing treacherous i you know came up with this really long like this is monday we're gonna do this right. tuesday i'm gonna post this story this um I think Instagram is great. Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, anything that you want to use is a great tool for success and getting your music out there. Um, but I just think that there could, there are negative side effects to it. And it there came a point where I was just like, I don't want to be like, okay, I'm not my val- I'm not successful if I don't post this tonight or if I don't have this reel done or if mm-hmm. I don't do this this week, you know, because does it affect your creativity? Sometimes, yeah. I that's, mean, that's I don't. I, I don't want to. Um, it's like when you like. When I wrote "Let's Fall," I wasn't like I need to sit down and write this song about love. Like <laughs> when right. I some like most of the reels or stuff that I have on ticked on um, Instagram or, or stuff is was because I had time free and I this is like how I, I like spending my time, you know. Mm-hmm. But now coming into my busy season, it's just like I'm not going to be like force myself to be like you have to make this real. You have to put this on. This is what's going to make you successful, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah I, I, I think that there are people who, who have that uh-huh. discipline schedule. But Emma was in here and she was saying how um, it's almost like you need a, uh, an extra member of your band mm-hmm. uh, in order yeah. to stay focused on the music yeah. without it diminishing uh, your creative uh, workflow. I, I would agree. I feel like it's almost, and she also said that that has become what the band manager used to be. Yeah. It's almost like you have to become your own manager in, when you're engaging in social media in a way that's connecting yeah. you with people. Well, I was saying this to John and, and Tyler the last time I was in a studio. I I like Gavin DeGraw a lot and like Colby Calais. And mm-hmm. like they were big in like the early mid 2000s. Yeah, um, I remember them. Mm-hmm. I was scrolling through TikTok a couple days ago and I saw Colby Calais singing bubbly and she's like, can you count me in TikTok? Super cute, you know, super catchy. Yeah. But I just said to John, I was like, she might have been like, just like, I really want to go on TikTok, but maybe like her publicist or like her <laughs> yeah. record label is like, this is something like that you, you gotta need to do. hop on the bandwagon and do, you know? Yeah. So yeah, there's that pressure, mm-hmm. right? A little bit of that pressure to do it because you feel like you're, and it, man, we're in the like matrix sometimes. Right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. are you actually really falling behind if you're not doing this stuff? Right. And like you kind of are because everybody else is moving with right. it, it seems at least. Well, but if you're also yeah. busy and you're playing tons of shows, it, perhaps it feels like you don't really need to do that as much because yeah. there's this buzz around you and like you are, what is it that you are what you do, right? right. So mm-hmm. if you are performing all the time, then you're that thing that's right. what you are and people are going to just be like oh i have to see her live because this is what she does and she's awesome right. like well and i, and I also want to hit on the fact that certain people are much better at it because they know it's trending right and so they're creating media that they know where it's absolutely going to connect with this like monster that's moving around from subject to subject yeah. within a day or two um that is just not gonna like be sympathetic with your song like Unless you happen to luck out and at that moment your song seems to be hitting something that's trending. Right. I could see that happening. 
Um, but I, I would say because... But love is always trending, right? Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is. But a lot of these TikToks are... I mean, can I do you know, the Lizzo dance and, and to on a, have you Have you seen the Lizzo dance? I don't think I've seen yeah. it, though. See, I, I mean, I, I'm the type of person who... Um, it, this, the song's called It's About Damn. Can I swear on this? Say whatever you want. All right. It's, it's, the song's called It's About Damn Time. Okay. And... Um, I would do the dance now, but the sure. music's not going. Anyway, I learned the dance. I did it in front of my bathroom mirror. I recorded myself. I put it together on TikTok. It's it's for me. I did it for nobody else, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. I showed it to one of my coworkers at work. He's like, "Are you posting these?" And I'm like, <laughs> "I'm like, no." And he's like, "Why not? You could get so many views." And I was like, <laughs> mm-hmm. "I don't want to post it. It's for me." You know, right, it's like right. I have fun doing that. You know, because just because I okay, so do that's it. genuine. That's genuine. I, I just again, I feel like it. And I hate to be the negative voice here, but um, oh, God, John. I, I know every, oh, every time, a, John, it, it will be. <laughs> I have very strong feelings about this subject. No, it's good. It's good. That's why, we, know, that's why it, we talk about and it. And we can argue about it uh, in a nice way. I, I just, I feel like it's hurting art. I, I feel that art is ancient. It's been around for thousands of years. Never have we had, had the pressure of thrusting ourselves into this uh, very limited form of media to promote ourselves um, in such a way. And I feel like it, it, we are losing even the ability to have smart consumers that enjoy smart and good music these days. Remember, we were talking about right. that because they're being so trained in this this mentality. Yeah. I mean, I will agree that I think I don't think it has lessened people being creative, though. Like, I think more now no. more than ever, people are being really creative i mean mm-hmm. were you saying like that st- statistic like like a year or two ago like that ten thousand songs get uploaded to spotify well we were it was sixty thousand now yeah i mean sixty thousand yeah i mean so so the creativity think- is there i think i think there's a huge mass of people yeah that are being creative but i don't think that they have a uh, a functional way to connect with their audiences yeah because live venues are tough to get into and social media is very specific yeah. about how they connect. So. I kind of I like your approach, Rachel, though. It's just like mm-hmm. get get shows, just play as many as you I mean, really I'm just, can. I'm, I'm just... I do too. I'm having a that's good, a good time. Really I like the live to, venue way better than, yeah, than the social media way. To try it and By the way, way, I'm not against any of the stuff. I just think that <laughs> there's a better way. That's all I'm yeah. saying. Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, but social media in five years from now what we're t- what we're talking about might it's probably still not going to be relevant there's a going to be another way mm-hmm. there's always going to be totally. another another way you know and it's just as long as we don't lose our human connection yeah. and we don't lose the soul of creative dna uh and i don't think good music comes from algorithmic or demographically driven music mm-hmm. uh once in a while, yes. Yeah. You know, there there's that pressure and there's a good hit song that yeah. happens or something. But but I'm I'm even feeling like, what is even a song anymore? Yeah. People aren't even listening fully to songs anymore. I think the it's like three seconds. Yeah. Is about, yeah. Like that's how it's measured actually, like how many three second views did you get? Right. And and, that's and is one that of the something we're gonna lose? Are we gonna lose songs? Uh We'll have a revolution and it'll it'll all come I sure back hope around. so. I sure <laughs> hope so. I mean, I don't I you don't know? think that like when I mean, at least I hope in my mind that like when people go into the studio and record, like whether it be anybody that they're like being like, we need to make a song that's like going to catch your ear in three seconds, or else I don't want to do this at all. Like I hope that still, 
and I I know that when I go into the studio, I'm just like I'm doing this because I I, I love it, and mm-hmm, I'm yeah. doing it because this is the way I envision my song being heard right, and right. Uh, the experience taking place. Um, I think we're going back to like that one in a million thing. I mean, mm-hmm. like look at Harry Styles now. He was like a boy who was on X Factor, which is a <laughs> was a one in a million chance. Yeah, you know? right. Made it out of this five boy band group one direction sure. is the one now that is like blowing up but that could have been anybody it's sure, you know? mm-hmm. it sure i don't it, think that harry styles goes into the studio being like i need to have like like the best song right now you know i still i still think that there's still that creativity and i still i might be romanticizing it a little bit <laughs> mm-hmm. but i think that might what helped me at the end of the day so i feel i feel like a career in music though needs to be redefined um Especially, uh, you know, we had we had a podcast and we were tossing around um, uh, blue collar musician. Mm -hmm. You know, I I value um, Philharmonic people, you know, or even operatic people today. They they cling to an art form that's just completely out of time, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, sync with the times. Um, And yet that's their that's their career path. They've gone to school for this. They've trained for this stuff. It's it's very and there's still and there's still an audience for it. Right, you know, it's a unique, it's a it's a niche audience, and so I, I feel like we need to redefine success for career musicians, and that could mean that they're not the Harry Styles story, and and quite often I think that's more of the truth than we like to realize is that oh yeah we're gonna be the artist in the region that people will know, and we add something rich to culture right. through that. I mean, going back to what you said about the. When you're sitting on your deathbed, as you're thinking about this 15 second TikTok, no, obviously <laughs> no not. one's going to remember that. that. I sent oh, to everybody that TikTok and I was I did. Like, oh wow, it's an avocado. Like that's what I'm going to be thinking about. <laughs> oh you know? no. I'm gonna, oh no. Yeah, I'm oh, going to be that. thinking yeah. about the experiences that music <laughs> has made me. Like playing yeah. at mothers on mothers. Maybe it's where someone's you know? descending into hell to remember some TikToks. Yeah. Oh my god. Like I will say, I um. <laughs> So this, uh, I just played on Mother's Day and there's this song by Taylor Swift. It's called The Best Day that I always sing for my mom on Mother's Day. And my mom was there on Mother's Day and um, sure, it was it was packed, you know, there. And so my mom had to come like pretty close to me and I looked over at her and the song was ending. And I like, I don't choke up a lot on stage and I choked up and I, it's just one of those moments that I'm just will always remember, sure. you know? And so those are the things. That to me is what music people are for. Yeah. And artists, you, like you said in the beginning of the show, you're giving voice to something deep inside right. of people. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, I've, I've seen somebody say, he's an author, a friend of mine, you cannot capture meaningful moments in however many characters Twitter allows no. per post. And music is the most amazing and rich experience I've ever had that have unlocked things and unpacked things in my emotional state mm-hmm. that have, you know, it gave voice. It gave voice and clarity, yeah. you know. That's always yeah. a really interesting thing. It's just came, you just jogged my mind about yeah. this, but like, like, what if, like, you know, it's risky, but nothing is saying that a band could just say, make an announcement like, hey, we're, we're done we're done with socials. If you want to talk to us and figure out what's mm. going on with us, you got to come to see us at a show. And I think if you have enough <laughs> of it, enough interest already, right. yeah, you could you could potentially do that. Like if you're just starting out, it might be hard, but if you've been doing sure. it and then all of a sudden you're just like, 
I'm done. And right. then maybe another band would say, oh, okay, I'm done too. And then it's all just about, right. you got to come to the show if you want to catch up with us. I yeah. know I know artists like that. Yeah. Uh, and then we're Coogan. having a big party afterwards. Yeah. Um, uh, Anna Coogan, uh, she's like, I'm, I'm just done with this thing. Uh, she's a local artist. Yeah. Um, beautiful artist. Really unique. Special. It's very different. Many people probably wouldn't enjoy it as much, but she has a specific audience. Yeah. Johnny Dowd is the same way. Um, yeah, I'm talking about Ithaca people here. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, uh, one of the things that I feel like it's my responsibility in life here at New Vine is to teach artists to value themselves by saying no and making it an exclusive offering to a fan base that actually gives a shit about mm, what they do. Saying no, that's that's a big yeah. one. Um, Rachel, has there, <laughs> what, are, what are some times you can remember where, like, you, you just you had to turn down a show? Um, I guess... I'm putting you on the spot here. That's okay. Um, I don't. When was your first kiss, Rachel? <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite Let's color? Not talk about that. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Um, my favorite color is changing all the time. Me too. Um, you know, no is a, a hard word for me to say just because I'm a people pleaser deep down. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I think knowing your worth as a musician is also like, uh, you know, we could go into like, economically wise you know like right. hey i can't do this show like that's a little bit too little for me and this is something john mm-hmm. and i have talked about is like and this is something that i as an artist have grown tremendously a lot is um like turning down a show and saying like it's a little bit too far though far away from me like i can't i can't play that show um or just you know just turning it down because knowing that i might be unsafe or not having a safe feeling about it either so um yeah and perhaps like negotiating, yeah, and negotiating. saying, "Hey, like you know, this is this is not enough for me to right. do the show to the full to my fullest capabilities. Right. How about right this amount instead?" Yeah. And then at least you're giving them a chance to save face. You mm-hmm. know? Just knowing knowing your worth as a, as a musician. I know? think we need a, a union again. I, th- I feel uh, like music. I kind of like that idea yeah. actually. And I know that's a tough thing to hear from for certain people, but that's I... That's right, Ithaca, the unions come in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've talked with other artists that have been at New Vine, and we've thrown it around that yeah. it would be a valuable thing to do so. Um, anyway, that's another show. Yeah, that's another show. Uh, but let's, let's play another song. Yeah, let's do some, Because let's do Rachel is extremely talented songwriter. Yes, and the next one that I have here is Our Love, mm-hmm. as we've mm-hmm. been talking about. Mother's Day was recent, and there's you know love is always trending, right? Mm -hmm. So this is our love, and uh, a few words about the song. Uh, This is a song that I recorded uh, over the summer of 2021, which just seems Mm -hmm. crazy, with New Vine Records. Mm -hmm. Uh, Released it in September of 2021, and did a live music video right here on New Vine Records, where we are sitting currently, Mm -hmm. um, with Michael Wu, Tyler Flewelling, John Carter, and I. It was fun. Which was a lot of fun. It was um, shot by Jeff Hodges. And um, the song is about basically capturing the essence of any type of love and knowing that any type, any kind of outside force cannot come between it, whether it be a love between two humans or music and a human or just kind of anything, knowing that like, um, or a love between a new car that I just got, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it could be anything, yeah. so, yeah. Which you have right now. I know. <laughs> it's a deep love. A deep love, yeah. <laughs> All yeah. right, well, here's Our Love by Rachel Beverly.
that moment comes Come to me every time you run Run so fast, high on our love Dreamed of days when it would be like this Must be heaven and ecstasy without the hit I'm so far up, I'm afraid to come down How we do it, baby How we make it through it, baby Never have to ruin Cause it's all love All love Tell me all your secrets, darling I promise I'll keep them, darling Never have to worry Cause it's all love All sent the first draft of this after you and Tyler worked on it. I yeah. was on, um, it was like summer last summer and I was on my way to a show down in Pennsylvania. And mm -hmm. I remember I called you and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, that was like, yeah. Uh, then you mentioned this, like every time we work together, it just, you know, we get, we learn more about each other, mm -hmm. get more comfortable and, and it just kind of, each song gets better and better. So yeah, I, our demo sessions have been, been super creative and fun. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, I, I love tapping into what you offer. Thank you. Uh, that's what inspires me. I'm actually quite useless until songwriters <laughs> inspire me. So, uh, uh, you're 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 a yeah. useful guy. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> I fix cameras and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what that's about. about but, uh, what? Anyway, what? Um, uh, you know, I was listening to that song, and oh man, I had this picture of just like being in a, like a convertible or mm-hmm. just like an awesome Jeep or something, mm. or maybe a Bronco. I don't oh, know okay. And, don't uh, make me blush over my Bronco. <laughs> Wind in hair. Wind in hair, just like summer day mm. on the highway, just like having fun, people in the back seat, just yeah. like yeah. laughing, telling jokes, like yeah. a dog, like a golden retriever, his head's out the window. Like, that's the scene. You, you literally just described the total substance of rage. Yeah, Except go. instead of golden retrievers, they're uh, uh, black beauties. My, uh, black beauties. Two, okay. two black babies, yeah. There you go. Beautiful. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, the concept, I, I think we talked a little bit about it before the song played was, is that, you know, I think sometimes outside factors kind of ruin what's happening right now in the moment, you know, and mm-hmm. um, not a lot of people take the time to be able to be like, okay, like, this is this is what we're doing right now. Like, we're having a podcast, like we're talking Mm-hmm. together you know and then not realizing like in that moment like might have been the best time of your life or you know it might have been a moment that you look back a couple months from now and it's like wow mm-hmm. i really want to replicate that moment you know and and because hmm. i think a lot of people try to ruin it or not even people just outside forces and that's what the song is about is um not hmm. letting anybody touch what's important to you sense of ownership of that wow. moment yeah it's, yeah it's yeah it's ours yeah like this moment here this is this is our moment right yes. here it's so romantic rachel <laughs> yeah i'm sorry you're the romantic. <laughs> I love it. It's it's big. I, I it's the one thing I love about her music. Uh, she exemplifies romance, hmm. and I, it, it's genuine. It's not. Uh, you're you're like the love poet here at New Vine. There you go. We enjoy that. Thank you. That's excellent. Yeah. Uh, so moving on, I want to get into a bit of like routines. I wanted to ask you like, what routines do you have to stay productive? Yeah. I think that's something a lot of artists. Mm-hmm struggle with i know like i also struggle with that just having structure and yeah i mean i'm definitely um i think i need structure i need to i fall into a habit where because i work monday tuesday wednesday an early job that when i do go to my shows thursday thursday through sunday and sometimes they're late shows waking up later on in the day does kind of throw me off um so realizing you know that's something that i just kind of learned this year is hey, let's, instead of rolling out of bed at 10 or 10.30, you know, let's try to be up and about mm-hmm. having a cup of coffee on the deck or taking care of the dogs at 8 o'clock and then getting your day started. Um, as far as, you know... So you're thinking ahead. Yeah, you know, as far mind. as, like, mm-hmm. setting aside time to, like, write a song, um, I've tried to do that in the past and I haven't been, like, very creative just because I have, you know, gone through dry spells and it's been like, I don't want to force myself um, to do that. To do that. I think practicing mm-hmm. writing songs is great and I'm I'm not saying that, but uh, I just, like, insp- like I'm, I'll come home from work on a Monday night plan and then I'm watching like TV or something and then all of a sudden something will inspire me and I'll write a song, you know? Mm-hmm. I think I that happened like a few weeks back. Um, I was making dinner listening to Hallucinogenics. I don't even remember who the song's by, but, um, and something on the guitar riff got me and I was like, I really want to learn this song. I learned it and then I ended up writing a song because of it. So that's cool. So inspiration. Yeah. Um, work ethic, work ethic. Yeah. Do you ever feel like not playing a show? Mm hmm. Yeah. Can you give us a percentage maybe? 
<sighs> oh, I have to go play a show. The percentage. Now we have to do math now. I know. Oh, man. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I would say, um, I think Sam and I were talking um, about this, you know, and you were like, wow, you have 50 shows. Last summer, I remember I had like 60 or like maybe 65, and I was getting so burnt out towards the end, mm-hmm. and I was, it just got very repetitive, and I think that's why time off is such a beautiful thing. And um, mm-hmm. Or, you know, like during the summer months, I really love the summer, and I sometimes feel left out when other people are going to do things and yeah. I'm like really grinding away. Um, the FOMO. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's a thing. Yeah. And oh, I yeah. I tried to leave myself like, so the Saturday before 4th of July, uh, a show was uh, actually, my partner realized this. She's like, do you want to keep this open or you want to try to book something? And I was like, keep it open because yeah. we never really get to do anything for the 4th of July and maybe we can actually go do something. So mm. realizing that like, okay, like, I need to take time for myself. You know, it's funny. I, I've had that experience uh, playing in bands um, where I hadn't touched a guitar or a bass or anything for a month. And then you have that practice back and it's like, oh my gosh, yeah. like, I'm amazing all of a sudden. Yeah. You just feel inspired and you just, everything feels tactile. Yeah. And it, you do, you get numb to the music mm-hmm. somehow. Uh, your brain just disconnects if it's just too repetitive, yeah. too much. Too much, too too many things. You know? Yeah. Well, you mentioned something about um, feeling burnt out, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think a really good way to help prevent the burnout when you're doing a lot of shows right. is to make sure that you have a really good writer, and that you have like, you know, you're you're going to provide entertainment. Right. And mm-hmm. If you know that at the show you're going to have a green room. Right. You're going to have. Doritos, right? Which are amazing. <laughs> Sounds uh, like you like Doritos. Yeah, or or whatever you know, M and M's and Twix. Cool Ranch. Like if you, if you know like and not unreasonable things. Right. Like get a Twix bar. Like someone can get me a Twix bar right. if I'm going to be playing a an hour and a half show. Right. Sure. So having those things in place, and then so if you know you've got those built in, you know you're a, you in turn the venue is going to respect you a lot more because right. you know what you need and what you what you want to p- in order to put on a good show right right so that's the, and, and that's conversations i've had with other artists is some of them are afraid to ask for for what they want or what they right. need because they feel like they're imposing on the venue and like no we've all, they're they're already paying us and like you know we don't want to like overstep it's like no like you don't have to be mean about it but like you have a writer for a reason. See, These are the things the, uh, you right, need right. and and you need to step into that power and right. say like yeah. we're going to give you the best fucking show mm-hmm. that you're that you've seen. But this make is these I mean. things happen and, and for this, us this within creating, reason. This is creating value again. And this is creating value right. exactly. So right. um yeah, I practices just of bring creating value. It's that uh, writers people make fun of them. It's, it's a lot of jokes out there, and there there were ridiculous. Well, some are ridiculous. You know, but, yeah. everybody knows the stories. <laughs> I'm not going to even go there. It's too cliche. But the fact is, is that um, that's a self care thing for the band for you. Yeah, yeah. and um, it helps avoid burnout because then it's correct. like okay, like I'm going to have my space. Right. I know I'm mm-hmm. going to have my special drink, right. whatever it is. But mm-hmm. not every show is like that. Not right, every show right. you don't have a writer, especially. When you're an acoustic act, too. Yeah, sure. Mm. Uh, it depends, you know? I guess, though. But yeah, like you, like I don't. Like you could. I'm sure you could have. I don't know what your situation is with yeah. that. Like, do you, um, like what do you, what do you have in advance for the shows, or it's different every time? 
I mean, yeah, I mean, it's different every time. I mean, mm -hmm. especially if I'm if I'm writing by myself to the show too. Yeah, yeah. and then I'm, I'm setting up, you know? Mm -hmm. And, but then that's also just like giving yourself enough time to relax before, after you set up and then before you go on or like what is a pre-show ritual or, mm -hmm. you know, like what it, what do you do to make yourself feel like in the moment or, right. you know, um, like when after, after I get out of the car, after a long car ride or something, I always stretch, um, to like make my, cause I found that like, I was like super tensed up after being in the car for a long time, you know, just things that make me feel in the zone or make me feel more comfortable. And that's like the burnout thing or mm -hmm. realizing that, okay, I can't release, maybe not pull like four shows back to back or maybe a double header. And then, you know, like doing mm -hmm. this, you know, um, especially if they're farther away. So hmm. that's great. So what would you say as a parting message to uh, up and coming artists out there, finding their pathway, developing, what would some advice be from Rachel? Beverly? Oh man, that's like heavy stuff. Yeah. Oh, advice. Um, do it because you love it. Not because you're trying to be something that you're not, or just be trying to do something because you're fit fitting in and all the rest is going to follow. You know, um, mm -hmm. I, if somebody asked me five years ago, would I think that I'd be in this room talking to you guys? No, but it's mm -hmm. something that I loved. And like when I first started performing, I was performing at opening night, mic nights and I was just thinking about day to day to day to day, you know, like mm -hmm. I, I do think about like, what does the year bring? What does five years bring? But I'm just thinking about like, yeah. I'm doing this because I love it, you know. Um, that's awesome. I think I don't. I I don't. I think the, all the rest will fall into place. So that's yeah. great. That's great advice. Thank you. So according to your website, yeah, your next show is at the uh, Finger Lakes House. Is that right? Did we Elmira, pass that already? Yeah. No. Yeah. All right. It's coming up. Yep. Okay. I forget what day it is. Sometimes. Mm. Oh yeah. Ditto. Me too. <laughs> so the Finger Lakes House in Elmira, mm -hmm. and it is at let's see, six p.m. You're the two, is it a two-hour two set? Two-hour show, yeah, 6 Ooh. to 8 p.m. Just you. Just me, Doing yeah. Doing two hours. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, and then I have Saturday, I'll be at Brewer's Cafe, but I'm doing, I just found out I'm uh, pulling a four-hour show. I'm doing a private oh. party. Oh. At, Bre oh. at Brewer's? Yeah, I'm doing a oh uh, private gosh. party four to six and then six to eight. So. Dang. Wow. So the Brewer's one, so it's not open to the public? No, it is the six to eight part. The six then, to eight part is, yeah. okay. Mm. Uh, that's right. That's right here. Right next door, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, maybe yeah. we'll go. That'd be fun. Yeah. I like brewers. I love brewers. Good food, good beer. Good people. Um, so we're going to hit the last song. Yeah. And uh, this one is one of my faves, uh, Dancing in a Snow Globe. And it was kind of the Christmas song this year yeah. from Rachel. And um, honestly, I had such a great time doing this with Rachel and a very talented uh, producer out of Nashville. His name is Evan Sealing. And uh, he added a lot of uh, elements that kind of gave it the vibe that it, I thought we were looking for. Yeah, it was uh, mm -hmm. very special. Did you play on this? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I was going to get there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wanted to say also that John John <laughs> like, scripted out the drum part. And yeah. mm -hmm. so like it was laid out and then yeah. I came in and executed it. And it was just a great, yeah. a great drum it part. It was our first real connect. And uh, I was so impressed with Fish. And I've heard him play on stuff, but man, I, I just had to have him on the track because um, he did. He walked in, he knew exactly what to do, and nailed it. Yeah. I think it was like two takes, maybe. Yeah, it was yeah. a solid. But yeah. again, because we had, in that case, we had the part scripted out ahead of time. Yeah. And so I could just come in and like 
Well, that's, there. that's what they do down in the old Nashville. That's what they do, yeah. That's right. So this is dancing in a slow slow globe. <laughs> snow <laughs> dancing in a snow globe. Here we go. This girl dancing in a snow globe. Always thought the whole world was so close but far out of reach. There was this boy walking down the hallway, getting all the grace. Trying so hard to fit in He hurries home Trenching through the wet snow Just to get to a snow glow He says I miss you my friend As your day, he said, It's not the same without you here. I don't wanna go back, and I'll stay with you forever and there. She says, She'll say, You silly boy. our uh, discovery that Rachel is a country artist at heart (laughs) (laughs) and that was dancing in a snow globe I'm not mad about it no me neither I I I love country music I do so we're gonna um end the podcast thank you for being with us Rachel always a a huge pleasure hour in a couple minutes or even more than that I can't I time Time is uh, fleets away when in moments like this. So, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that means you're having fun, as they say. 
Uh, and so we just want to kind of do something we do at the end of our podcast. You can help us pick it out, but we're, uh, who should we have next on uh, the show? Um, so I think Friday we have Timothy coming on. We have Timothy. Yeah. Then we need something yeah. for, for after that. So. Yeah. So who do you guys think, you know, let's, uh, I don't know. Hmm. I think <laughs> hmm. we didn't talk about this before at all. No, not at all. What? Huh? Stars. You guys might've. Maybe. You know, lions. Oh, wait, Leo? Oh, what? Yeah, uh, I think we should do Leo. Uh, okay, that's awesome. We knew that, though. Didn't we? <laughs> you know Leo, right? You mean Hannah? Yeah. <laughs> Leo's yeah, Leo going to be fun because uh, most people don't know this until way too later. Uh, but she's my daughter. And what? I get to play. Yeah. You didn't know this? <laughs> that's the plot twist. That's, yeah, it's plot twist. And, you know, we've been working together for years. She's also the CEO of New Vine Records. Wow. Um, and she took that role uh, beginning of this year and she's doing a crazy good job and I'm so impressed because you know she's 23 years old um, and she's my boss so I don't know what to say (laughs) other than I better be on my best behavior at this next podcast cool thanks again Rachel thank you guys so much for having me here I really appreciate it cool same all right